Good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? So we are in a sermon series called Taboo, and this is a three-week sermon series that we started last week, so we're in week number two this week, and I think it's going to be something that we're going to be doing every year from now on out. And the reason for that is that we feel like there are certain topics, certain issues, certain just subjects that, um, that we just don't cover in church, and we want to make sure that we talk about them and kind of bring them to the forefront and have a discussion about it. And tonight is no different. We're going to be talking about one tonight that doesn't get a lot of attention. Now, why are we doing this and what is kind of the whole deal? And by the way, I'm going to need you guys to kind of all come back to me. We're going to talk about a subject that is a little... um, a little tough to talk about in some ways. I need you guys to kind of pay attention. I know we had a lot of going, you know, talking and this and that. So everybody, you guys ready? Good, let's do this together. So we're going to talk every time about what it is, the, the topic, obviously. And we're going to kind of hopefully get a better understanding of what the topic is. We're going to talk about how it affects us. And then lastly, we're going to talk about uh, what we're going to do about it and how we can potentially engage with it or maybe even change something in regards to this topic. Last week, Pastor Daniel taught on racism, and he did a great job in covering this topic. And if you were not here, but you want to engage in the conversation that we started last week, you can download on our 5979 podcast on iTunes, and it would be really worth your while to listen to it. So go ahead and do that if you did not make it last week. Tonight, I want to cover a topic that I feel like all of us have dealt with. And I feel like all of us have dealt with it on both sides of the coin, and you will see what I mean uh, by that in just a minute. And I want to start tonight by making a divisive statement. And the statement that I want to make is this, and this is on your handout as well as on the PowerPoint here. We all have been bullied in our lives, but we all have also bullied others. So our topic tonight is bullying And I believe that we all have been bullied, but I also believe that we all have bullied someone at one point or another. Or another way to say this is there is a bully in all of us. Or if I want to put it very bluntly, pointing at you, I would say you are a bully. Let me go on this side so you guys don't feel left out. You are a bully. So now that I have everybody's attention, I'm going to go ahead and jump in and pray And then we're going to see whether my statement is true or false by defining what bullying really is. Heavenly Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that your presence will be here and that it is here. And Holy Spirit, I just declare my dependence upon you. I ask that you would remove me from behind this pulpit and that my words will be yours tonight. Speak to us. Change us. And we pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. So let's see whether my statement is true or false. Let's do that by defining what it means to be a bully. And so according to the dictionary, it's to seek harm, to intimidate, or to coerce. Synonyms of that are to persecute, to oppress, or to torment. In general, the following statement that I'm about to give you is a good guideline what it means in defining bullying. Kids or teenagers or adults who bully use their power, such as physical strength, access to embarrassing information, or popularity to control or harm others. Let me read that again so we're kind of all on the same page. Kids, teenagers, or adults who bully use their power, such as physical strength, access to embarrassing information, or popularity to control or harm others. Now, if you look at that, you may say, well, that's not really me, P.S. I'm not popular. I'm not strong. I don't really have access to embarrassing information, so that's really not me. I'm not really a bully. Well, if we just define it like that, 
you, you might be safe. But let's go a little bit further and let's talk about four different types of bullying. That's what I want to do to kind of define what bullying really is. And there's more than that, but I want to give you four. And all of them are actually found in the Bible. Well, one is not because it wasn't around back then, but all of them are found in the Bible. And we'll talk about the different instances in the Bible of these four different ones. And if I am totally honest from the beginning, I'm guilty of quite a few of them. And I think that you are as well. See, when we think of bullying, we always think of one specific aspect, but I want to show you some other ones, and we wanted to find these together. So the first one is this. We refer to this as verbal bullying. Let me define this. Verbal bullying is saying or writing mean things. Now let's talk to the ladies, even though that applies to the guys too. Have you guys ever said or written anything mean? That is considered verbal bullying. Now, guys, I'm not going to leave you guys out. We, we may not write it, but we certainly say some mean stuff sometimes, right? I think that applies to all. Let me define this a little bit further. It means teasing. Now, teasing can be fun, and there's a good kind of teasing, but it also could be harmful. And the problem with teasing is that teasing can go from fun into harmful really quickly, and you don't even notice that you went into that category of harmful. That's kind of like when you're just having fun with one another, and all of a sudden you're like, man, that really was inappropriate. Name-calling. Inappropriate sexual comments, taunting or threatening to cause harm. Now, when you look at it from that point of view, it kind of puts it in a different perspective, doesn't it? Then all of a sudden you can say, well, maybe if we talk about bullying from that point of view, I have and maybe even I currently am a bully. I remember being in elementary school and middle school and high school, and, and throughout, really, uh, middle school, there, there was some verbal bullying that, that was done to me. And you know what's interesting in that? I wasn't very popular. I don't know whether anybody of you guys can relate to that, but I wasn't one of the popular kids, so I was verbally bullied. And interestingly enough, what did I do? As soon as I got bullied, I went ahead and bullied someone else. Because have I noticed that, that bullies that are being... People that are being bullied usually become bullies in, in turn as well. And you may have done this too. As a matter of fact, there's a statement that says this, hurt people hurt people. And you can put this in our verbiage and say like, hey, bullies, people that are being bullied end up often being bullies themselves. How do I know this to be true? Well, let's just put this in our kind of language. Have you ever had a conversation with your parents where your parents called you out on a bunch of stuff? Of course, all of us have. And they kind of go through, you know, their sermon that they have laid out, and they, they practice these in front of the mirror, in case you're wondering. And, and then they tell you all the stuff that... That's a joke, obviously we don't. But they tell you all the things that, that you need to change, and you are kind of mad, you're upset. Maybe you even feel a little verbally abused, even though what they're saying is probably true. But you're mad, you walk out of there, you keep your cool because you don't want to walk out stomping because you know if you do that, then it's going to only get worse. So you keep your cool, you walk out, and then you walk into the room of your younger sibling. And you have just been bullied a little bit or verbally abused, and what is the next thing that you do? You let it out on your younger sibling. Am I the only one who did that? Some of you guys are like, yeah, that's me. It's true, right? So people that are being bullied often go around and then bully others, and we know this right here. As a matter of fact, there's tons of stories in the Old Testament where this is happening, where people got bullied even in the Old Testament. We find this in 2 Kings chapter 18. It's on your handout, also on the PowerPoint. This is the story of King Hezekiah. He was the king of Judah. Hey, guys in the front row, can you guys? Thank you. 
He was the king of Judah, and if you remember anything, there were two kingdoms. There were the Israelite kingdom, and it was split into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, Judah and Israel. And this guy, Hezekiah, was the king of Judah, and his capital was Jerusalem, and he was under siege. There was a kingdom, the kingdom of Assyria, that was coming against him, and they were basically kind of telling them, hey, why are you trusting in Egypt? They sh- you shouldn't, and all these different things. And then they taunt them, which is one of our kind of definitions of verbal abuse. And he says this in verse uh, 23, I believe it is. It says this, Now therefore, I urge you, give a pledge to my master, the king of Assyria, and I will give you 2,000 horses if you're able on your part to put riders on them. In other words, he's saying this, hey, you are nothing. You can't even put 2,000 people on horses in order to fight against me. How do you think you're going to get anything done? And he's threatening them, and he's putting fear in them. You can see this all throughout the scriptures, that these kind of things happen. Now, Hezekiah hears about this, and what do you think is his response? Is his response to cuss them out or to retaliate? No, his response is this. He tears his clothes, like he tore his clothes. He put on sackcloth. He goes down, repents, and says, God, have mercy on our nation. And guess what happens? God has mercy on the nation. I find it really interesting that the response was not retaliation. The response was not to push and punch the guy or even to kill people, but the response was God have mercy on them. By the way, bullies will always use fear and intimidation to try to keep you quiet and in line. Isn't it interesting that there's always fear, there's always threatening to be like, hey, if you tell mom and dad, I'm going to make it even worse for you. Like, of course, you have never said that to your siblings, but some of us may have. So we always use fear and intimidation. So the first one is verbal bullying. And let me ask you guys this, and you don't have to answer. Have you ever verbally bullied someone? And I think the answer for all of us is yes. The second one is this, social bullying. Let me define this. Social bullying is sometimes referred to as relational bullying. It involves hurting someone's reputation or relationship. Now, let's define this even a step further. It means, for example, leaving someone out on purpose. Have you ever been part of a group where they were doing something you knew for a fact that they left you out on purpose because they didn't want to hang out with you? And see, this doesn't just start in our age. This goes way down even when you're 7, 8. It starts very early that we say, hey, we don't like you, we don't want you in our group, and we're going to leave you out on purpose, and we're going to make sure that you know that we left you out on purpose. It means telling other children or teenagers not to be friends with someone. Have you ever had that where someone said, hey, you shouldn't be? Or maybe you were the one who said, don't be friends with so-and-so. It's just a bad idea. They're, they're terrible. Which leads to you potentially spreading rumors about someone and gossiping. That is social bullying. And guess what? Do you guys think God likes gossip? No, he hates it. And I hate it too, and so do you. Nobody really likes gossiping, and we shouldn't be doing that, but it's social bullying. And then also, you could do this, you could be somehow having access to information about somebody, and you use that information to embarrass them publicly. So you're embarrassing someone in public that also goes under social bullying. Can we, can we be honest here for a moment, and can we talk? See, the truth is that this doesn't just happen out in the world. This, this happens in church, and specifically in youth group quite a bit, where we embarrass people, where we bully people and leave them out and say, hey, we don't want you as part of this group, or where we even start rumors and spread gossip that is not true. And that is why we have such a strong stance against us, like we don't like it, God doesn't like it, and gossip is not allowed in here. And when it comes to people being part of the group, we want everybody to feel part of it. We don't want to alienate people because the truth is, those things hurt when you're left out. 
If you've ever been left out, it's no fun. And it hurts, specifically knowing that they're saying, I don't like you and I don't want to be with you. That's really not fun at all. Another form of bullying is this, and this is one that is not part of the Bible because it wasn't around back then, and that is cyberbullying. Let me just kind of read this to kind of give us an idea of what that is in case you don't. I think all of us do know, but here it is. Cyberbullying is bullying that takes place over digital devices like cell phones, computers, and tablets. Cyberbullying can occur through SMS, texts, and apps, or online social media forums or gaming where people can view, participate in, or share content. Cyberbullying includes sending, posting, or sharing negative, harmful, false, or mean content about someone else. It can include uh, embarrassing, it can include sharing personal or private information about someone else, causing embarrassing or humiliation. Some cyberbullying crosses the line into unlawful or even criminal behavior. It's sad to me that this exists in our day and age, that we actually have something that causes people to be so defined by what people say and spread rumors about them on the internet that they actually go as far to say, my life is not worth it anymore and I'm going to kill myself. And you guys have heard the stories and read the stories. Here's the thing, guys. If, if that ever happens to you, I need you guys to remember something. You're not defined by what people say about you. Amen. You are not defined by what people say about you. But it can define you if you let it. You are defined and you should be defined by what God says about you. That's why we place such high value on you knowing what God says about you, that you're amazing, that you're worth it, that you're loved. Those things are important. That's actually Marvel. The whole idea of Marvel is going to be talking about known, talking about that we are known by God, that you know what he thinks about you. The last one that I want to cover is this, and this is the one that we all think about when it comes to bullying, and that is physical bullying. Physical bullying involves hurting a person's body or possessions. It means hitting, kicking, pinching, that's a weird one in there, spitting, tripping, pushing, making mean hand gestures, taking or breaking someone's things. It's interesting to me that it's not just the person but also the, the possessions of the person that are here in question that, that all is physical bullying. Hopefully you have not experienced this. Hopefully you have not been the one giving it but maybe there's some of us here that fit into both categories of this area, physical bullying. I remember being in, actually this was elementary school, and uh, I, I never actually got beat up, but I had a lot of threats going on. And I had a big mouth. I just, you know, I just talked all the time and trash talked, and there were some people that were older than me that were gonna beat me up. And they would have if it had not been Spencer for my bigger sister. See, my sister is two or three years older than me, and um, when, when you were like in second and third grade, you know, having a bigger sister, that works really well. Later on, obviously, it doesn't work as well anymore because you're kind of the same. But like, if you are this high and your sister is here, maybe that's an exaggeration about there. Whatever it is, I don't even remember. But it was really nice because my sister came and basically saved my butt. So that's kind of the, the story of it. But I had a lot of threats going on. And I remember even sometimes taking a different route home because I was afraid that I would get beat up. Or going home with my friends in order to make sure that we were in a crowd. See, physical bullying is no fun. And one thing that a bully will always tell you is that if you tell anyone, it's only going to get worse. They will always use fear. As a matter of fact, there is a bully that is the worst bully of them all, and that is Satan. And he does the same thing to us as a church. If you ever step out, if you are ever politically incorrect, this is what's going to happen to you. Fear and intimidation are always the weapons 
of a bully. There's tons of stories in the Bible about bullies. People that got bullied and people that were bullied. The story of the three young Hebrew men that were thrown in the fire. What was going on? You worship or if not, that's bullying. David and Saul. What does Saul do? He throws his spear at David, tries to kill him. That's bullying. Esther, when the Israelites were all about to die and Haman was the guy that was the bad guy. What is that? It's, it's bullying. Goliath. I mean, hello. There's bullies all over the Bible. Interestingly enough, in all these stories, you never hear them retaliate, but you always hear God vindicating them and taking revenge for them. And that's an interesting point for me when it comes to it because if you are like me, when someone comes to me and bullies me, my first response is, I'm going to knock you out. But that does not seem to be the right response. A couple of things that I've learned about bullies and that I think we need to understand when it comes to bullies. Three things here. Number one, bullies have been hurt themselves and they're still in pain. Oftentimes, a bully is still in pain themselves and they can't deal with it. And they have, number two, unresolved anger in their lives. And lastly, they usually have control issues and desire to manipulate others. Bullying people almost always involves anger, past hurt, control issues, and wanting to manipulate and be in power over someone else. So how do we deal with bullies? Let me give you four thoughts on how we deal with bullies and what we do and do not do. And I think those are kind of no-brainers, but I think we have to talk about it, and this is important. Number one is this. Do not retaliate and seek revenge. We were talking about this in our junior high group, and it was interesting. Every time a junior high got bullied and they responded and retaliated, they were the ones that got in trouble. Because usually you retaliate worse than what you have been bullied with. And so usually you are the one that gets in trouble. And I think the Bible says this in Romans 12, 9, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Now Jesus actually takes us a step further. He says when someone hits you on the right cheek, you give him the left one also. That's tough right there. He also says, hey, if someone forces you to go a mile with you, you go another mile with them. Now, I've got to be honest with you guys. That does not sit totally great with me because, again, I am the kind of guy that just wants to, if I can take you, I'm going to try. And even if I can, I'll probably still try. But the Bible seems to say, do not retaliate and seek revenge. And we need God to be the ones fighting our battles. And there's something else that we can do, and I'll show you guys in a second. The second, and this again goes without saying, but I feel like this is important because I did this too. Do not socialize with them. Do not socialize with the bullies. For some of us, we are such a glutton for punishment that we have people that bully us, and because they are popular, we think, let's just take it, what they're giving us, and just kind of keep with them, and hopefully at one point, we will be with the popular crowd, and we will be the ones that will be okay. How dumb are we sometimes? And I'm putting myself in this because that's exactly what I did. I took it, and I figured, well, maybe I'll just hang out with them, and maybe at one point, I'll be cool and popular. Guess what? That doesn't work that way. And the funny thing about being popular in high school, I know this is a big deal right now for you guys, later on, and you can ask anybody in the room that's an adult, it doesn't matter at all. It just doesn't matter anymore. I know it's a big deal in high school, but it just doesn't matter later on in life. Those things just are, you look back and like, man, that was really silly. But I am aware that it's a big deal right now. I just want you to guys think a few years down the road, it's not really that big of a deal, and we need to not socialize with them. In 2 Timothy 3, 1 and 3, it says this, but know this, 
that in the last days, perilous day, time will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, and unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without, and here's the bully, self-control, brutal, and despisers of good. They're traitors, they're headstrong, they're haughty, they're lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And then he says this, Paul says this, from such people turn away. When you have bullies in your life, leave them and go away. The third thing is this, get authorities involved. When you are being bullied, when you are seeing someone else that is being bullied, get authorities involved. And that means parents, teachers, and the community of people that is around you. Now, I know for all of us, we're like, oh, no, we can't. We've got to deal with ourselves. No, you have people like your parents and teachers and pastors in your life for a reason. Get them involved. There's a school that one of our junior hires goes to, and they actually have an app for their school where you can anonymously say, hey, so-and-so bullied so-and-so. That's actually pretty cool. We need to make sure that the teachers are aware, and the reason why we need to make them aware of it is because there are strict policies for every single school in this area that bullies are not allowed and there will be strict consequences for them. And here's the thing, if you allow yourself to be bullied, someone else is gonna get bullied too. You can actually save someone else from being bullied by speaking up and saying, hey, we're gonna get the authorities involved. Now, why do teens not ask for help? And I wanna bring this up because sometimes there's some of us who deal with this on a personal level and there's other of us, we are raised in such a good environment that bullying is not even anywhere in our lives, but we need to understand why some of our friends may not do what we want them to do, which is to go to the authorities. Bullying can make a child feel helpless or teenagers. Kids may want to handle it on their own to feel in control again. They may fear being seen as weak or a tattletale. It's not a weak thing when someone bullies you. That does not make you weak. Yes? That, that doesn't make you weak. It just makes you someone that is being bullied and you need to stand up and say, hey, that's not going to happen anymore. Kids may feel backlash from the kid who bullied them. Again, that's the whole fear thing that we talked about. Bullying can be a humiliating experience and teenagers may not want adults to know what is being said about them, whether true or false. They may also feel that adults will judge them or punish them for being weak. Again, if you come to me, if you were to come to me and say, I'm being bullied, I'm not going to look at you and judge you. I'm going to look at you and say, man, I'm so sorry. Let's do something about it. Because again, bullying is not okay. Kids who have been bullied may already feel socially isolated. They may feel like no one cares or could understand. People do care and people do understand because again, I had some of those things happen in my life and if you ask a lot of adults, they can tell you t similar stories. Kids may fear of being rejected by their peers. Friends can help protect kids from being bullied and kids can feel losing their support. The last thing that I want to cover on what to do and what to think about when we deal with bullies. And this is one that is not easy to talk about because, again, you just want to punch the bully and do whatever and maybe even hate the bully, but here's something that we need to remember. Remember, they are, meaning the bullies, they are human beings, they are people that God loves. And sometimes we can just demonize them and just, you know, think the worst about them. But again, remember, God loves them, and even with you speaking up, there's something that you can do to change things in that. So what happens if you see someone being bullied, what should you do? Because maybe this doesn't apply to you at all, which I believe it does. And if you didn't get it, again, all of us socially and verbally have bullied people in our lives. And some of us have done that this week or maybe even today. So let's just be honest about it. And we're going to repent for that in just a moment. But what do you do when you see someone being bullied? 
I told you earlier that the biggest bully that ever lived and ever existed is Satan. He's the biggest bully. And what does he do? He's trying to kill and destroy you, right? What did Jesus do? The devil is here. He's trying to take you out. And Jesus literally jumps in and goes on the cross for you and takes everything. What is that for us as an example? That we can do the same. When someone is being bullied sometimes, and not always, use your wisdom, sometimes it's good to jump and say, hey, this is not okay. You shouldn't be doing that. Other times, you should just get the authorities involved. But isn't it cool that we serve a Jesus, a master, our, our Lord, that, that literally jumped in for us? I don't know about you, but that stuff makes me excited. And that's the message of hope that we need to be giving to our friends to even those that bully us. So four things. We do not retaliate and seek revenge. We do not socialize with them. We get authorities involved. And we remember that they're human beings that God loves as well.